Hello and welcome to ComTalk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions, a show from devoted geeks who are devoted to letting you know that you are loved. I'm Dallas. I'm so glad you guys hit the play button on this podcast. We're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. Hey, thank you for being part of our devoted geek community today, ladies and gentlemen. This is a special ComTalk episode because this, ladies and gentlemen, is one of our lost garden files. Uh, for those of you who are, are new to what the garden files are, uh, our original podcast host uh, basically lost our original like 14 episodes and so uh thanks to the haru protocol <laughs> basically our good friend john haru uh, we were able to recover those episodes so we're releasing them kind of periodically uh today's episode is actually originally released on sunday june 18th of 2007 and uh, this is uh, one of the episodes that I, I'm really glad we recovered this one because this is actually an episode where Celeste, myself, and uh, my youngest uh, sister, Dana, sit down to talk about the comic book series Dark Knight 3. And so I will remind you guys, any dates that are given in this, they're well, they're dated. This is from back in 2017. But I want to encourage you guys to stick around, enjoy the podcast, reach out to us, let us know your guys' thoughts on the episode, and what you guys think about Com Talk in general. How's it encouraged you? How's it challenged you? And finally, before we jump into this, I do want to remind you guys that Celeste and I will be at GeekCon this year. We have a booth and a lot of our team's going to be there. And it's going to be really, really exciting to have uh, to be there with you guys and to do life and have the entire team also just to celebrate this uh, celebration of Geekdom. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into today's conversation. Garden Files Lost. Now activating John Howey Protocol. Garden Files Found. Initiating lost files. Captain, we have a proximity alert with the planet Geekery. We are approaching collision. Quicks, get somebody on the comms. Enter in the security code. Security code accepted. Hello, devoted geeks, and welcome to episode seven of Com Talk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions, the YouTube show from a couple of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they're loved. I am Dallas, and joining with me today is Celeste and my sister once again joining us, Dana. Yeah, they're here hanging out with us. So I like how you ask that like a question. <laughs> It's my name, Dana. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're changing things up a bit this week. Originally, we had planned on to discuss, uh, to have a discussion on George Orwell's 1984. However, uh, much of what we were going to say will probably be said on an upcoming episode of Retro Rewind Podcast that we are going to have the great honor of being a part of later. Uh, so, uh, for more information on that podcast, check out Retro Rewind Podcast on your favorite podcast catcher, and also follow their community page on Facebook. If you would like to take part in deciding what Retro Rewind, uh, Retro Rewind um, Podcast covers as far as what retro film or game, um, you should check out their website, www.retrorewindpodcast.com. Com. While you're there, check out. Um, there's a what? There's a portion of the page that you can upvote which movie or game that they will cover next. And also, while you're there, uh, get yourself one of their very stylish T-shirts. I have my eye on their alpha design. It's quite stylish, Celeste. Is it? Very. It's red. You would like it. I would like it. I like red T-shirts. Mm-hmm. I like red in general. True story. But the logo itself it looks pretty cool. 
So, all that said, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the third installment of the Dark Knight comic book series. The Dark Knight 3, The Master Race. It is a nine-issue DC Comics limited series uh, that was co-written by Frank Miller, the legend, and Brian Azario, I'm butchering these names, illustrated by Miller himself and Andy Kubert and Klaus Janssen. So, quite a big team up here of people working on this project. But before I cut over to our conversation uh, with Celeste, Dana, and I, uh, I want you to do us a favor. And as you listen to this podcast, please interact with us. Send us your thoughts on what uh, we are saying via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us, obviously, at at Geek Devotions on all those platforms. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, um, leave some comments down below. That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty amazing, actually. And uh, also make sure you stick around to the end of the show to hear who is our amazing devoted Geek of the Week and also how you can be next week, next week's devoted Geek of the Week. Whew, mouthful. <laughs> all right, so if you're not familiar with... Dark Knight 3. Uh, it is, this is the sequel to Frank Miller's 1989 Batman miniseries, The Dark Knight Returns, and also the 2001 miniseries, The Dark Knight Strikes Again. Um, Dark Knight Returns, side note, was made into a two part uh, feature length movies that were animated. That says 1986, but you said 1989. Oh, you're right, 1986. My bad, guys. Didn't mean to say that. Uh, yeah, 1986. My bad. <laughs> but anyways, uh, but it was made into a two-part miniseries. Um, or not miniseries, two-part movie, feature-length movie. But we watched that. Well, at least we watched the first one you did and I we? did, Celeste. Is that the one with the red-headed girl? <laughs> yeah, I Carrie. liked that. Mm-hmm. The was... red-headed girl plays Robin. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't play Robin. She becomes a Robin. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And it, and it's, Dana looked confused. She did. <laughs> yeah, if you're not familiar with it, um, it's kind of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't want to say post-apocalyptic, but it kind of has that feel. It takes place several years um, past Bruce Wayne's prime. At least the original one did. Uh, the Dark Knight Returns, and he's, he's a little old. He is. He's a bit aged, and he has a a sidekick named Carrie Kelly, who, as we discussed, is, is Robin. And she is, um, she kind of, she loves the idea of being Robin. And she, when Batman makes his return because of a series of events that take place, um, she's like, I'm going to be your Robin. We you like it or not, Jack. And so he trains her up. Which is actually very <laughs> uh, fitting because didn't one of the other Robins do that? Yeah, it was a little bit different though. Um, you're, th- you're talking about Tim Drake, but his yeah. whole thing was more of a, Batman needs a Robin. He could see that Batman was like really faltering mentally. But in this world, none of that ever happened. Oh. See, in this in this universe, the Dark Knight universe, as some people have called it, um, Batman didn't have any Robins past uh, Dick Grayson. Oh. Dick Grayson died. Yes. And so um, he took on, he, he kind of went downhill from there. Uh, and then the second book, The Dark Knight Strikes Again, um, really weird stuff. I really didn't care for Dark Knight Strikes Again, personally. Okay. As much. It was, um, I don't know, the writing was weird. The artwork was kind of off for me. But also, it was, just, it was a little more adult-oriented than I prefer. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm good with adult books. You know, I want some I want some thought behind some stuff. But it was just more, it was just too explicit for me for some mm. places. 
But uh, in that one, Dick Grayson comes back as the Joker, and oh. he's like, and him and Lex Luthor do some crazy stuff. Anyways, that's ridiculous. Um, anyways, if you look on Wikipedia, you look at the description of what happens in this new book, The Master Race, it reads that uh, it is the continuing of the story of an aged Bruce Wayne resuming his identity as a crime fighter, aided by his sidekick, Carrie Kelly Robin, and featuring an ensemble of DC Universe characters, um, including Superman and Wonder Woman. In Dark Knight 3, Ray Palmer restores the inhabitants of Kandor to full size, but they are immediately begin to but they immediately begin to terrorize the Earth. Batman sets out to assemble his former allies against the invaders. Now, why does it say former allies? Do he and Superman and Wonder Woman have a falling out? Because I know that they're kind of like they have their own book series, all three of them together. They're kind of intricate because they're the three major characters mm-hmm. in the DC world. Like, so did did something happen to make it former, or is it just because they're all old now, except for Diana? Because hello, well, it's, it's kind of been all of the above. I mean, yeah, remember, you had to put out everything you know about comics for this because um, most of it didn't happen. Okay. Like, for example, in this one, you discover that um, Superman and, and Wonder Woman had a child. Uh, well, we found out in the previous book that they had a daughter named Laura, and um, she's like a half Kryptonian, half Amazonian, <laughs> and she's being raised by Wonder Woman. Well, that's probably a good thing. Right. And so, then, but what happened to Lois and Steve? I don't know. But it doesn't really go that I mean, they got to remember, Superman and Lois Lane are, Superman and Wonder Woman don't age. So... In this people, world, they may have, might have already... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so, okay. And, and in, the, in the second book, there was this whole thing because he lost Lois again. Mm. So it's one of those things. But also in this book, he um, you discovered that um, they have a second child named Jonathan Kent, which we know in the Rebirth series as being the child of the original Superman and Lois Lane. Hmm. But that's always not the case in this world. I wonder what a male Amazonian would be like. I don't know. So, again, he's like a baby in this one. So, yeah, that's that's uh, basically the setup of it. Um, the rest of the thing, like, this is actually a pretty cool aspect of, this, of the whole thing, is each issue, each nine issues, includes this small mini-issue so one shot in the middle of the comic hmm. that fills in the gaps between the, the different books. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was really a pretty cool pretty cool series uh, to read. And um, if you're a completionist like me, you're like, I want to finish the series. I need to know the rest of the story. Um, then it's fantastic for you. Um, again, the second one, I'm really not a big fan of it personally. But um, if you're a completionist, go ahead and read it, I guess. Right. But it's not for kids at all. Like, it, was, it took some stuff to the next level. Hmm. So, but yeah, so this one was quite interesting. Um, the, the raising the people from Kandor, the yeah. room so size. What's, what's Kandor, and how did they get shrunk? Kandor was the lost city of, of Krypton. Oh. And they, um, they were shrunk down. Uh, and used to be as blackmail against Superman by, I believe, Brainiac. That would make sense. Uh-huh. 
So, is it bad that when you say Brainiac, I immediately picture Brain from Pinky and the Brain? Yes, yes, it is very bad because it's nothing the same. Well, but I haven't come across <laughs> him in my reading, right? So I don't know what he looks like. I understand. I understand. So, anyways, um, but yeah, so he raises them back from the uh, makes them big again, and of course they're Kryptonians, so they all have superpowers, and they're like ah destroy the world because um, they believe them but selves better than, than everyone else. The um, There's this one guy in Kandor who kind of creates this cult hmm. and uh, they call him the, the father basically and he believes himself to be the god above everybody and since uh-huh. in and on Earth, they have the I really wish y'all could see Dana's expressions. Right. <laughs> so, but since he's on Earth, he has the ability to fly, he has laser beams and all that stuff. And he's like, we're naturally the master race here. And so he gives Earth ultimatum, bow down to me or you're dead. And and this is a lot of spoilers in this, in case you, you didn't know that. But, um, warning, one of th- warning. Yeah, but one of the things he does is this, is he makes several Capronians swallow basically nuclear bombs. What? Yeah. And so these these followers of his are so devoted to him that if he so deems that like, you know, okay, this city is needs to be eradicated because he's getting their attention, they suicide bomb down to the ground and set off a nuke. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. It was an absolutely psychotic move. If Hitler had been a meta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sort of. Maybe. Maybe. This just got weird. <laughs> really weird. Sorry, guys. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So any questions you have about this so far? Um, I kind of want to read it now. Yeah. Do you have all of it? I have them. I have all nine issues. There's not going to be any more. Well, not of this. Uh. <laughs> See, this is supposed to be the closing portion of... Of the Dark Knight series. And the, the, remember what I said earlier, there was the Dark Knight Returns, the second book, Dark Knight Strikes Back, and then this. Okay. Frank Miller said, hey, you know, the guy did a great job, but now that he started, I'm going to make a fourth one. Okay, so, frustration. So, can I read this without reading the other two? Would it make sense? Um, you're probably, well, hmm. Knowing, knowing how I am. Right. Yes and no. Um, there's some nuances from the original uh, ones that you don't you won't understand everything as far as the f- why people are acting in certain ways and some emotions that people have gotcha. about certain things. Um, back in the first book, you had this whole thing where um, where everyone had to kind of register as a superhero. Oh, and so the Superhuman Registration Act. Kind of. For DC. Yeah, and and basically Batman was like, <laughs> no, you're not doing that. And so he went dark for a while. And that's probably the reason why he went dark, outside the, the death of, of Dick Grayson. Oh, and he, he kind of always, always been dark. He's Well, I mean, by, by him being dark, I mean, he, he just disappears. Oh. Yeah. He ghosted. Yeah, basically. And so he, um, big... Um, he, he goes dark for a while when he makes his return because he just had enough of what's happening in his city. That was part of the argument he was having with Clark Kent because Clark was like, look, man, this is the American way. We need to do it this way. And and he's like, sorry, I'm not working for the government. And so that was some of the issues. That, that actually, the Batman v Superman 
yeah. movie took some some of its cues from that book. Okay. Like, that's a pretty groundbreaking book. I mean, it had some major things to it. Did you own that one? Yes, but our friend has it right now. Oh, okay. Mm. So I can't, like, read this when we're done recording. Um, not right the second, but when we're done recording, you can text our friend and ask him to finish reading it. Okay. Okay. So, but anyways, um, but it, there's a lot of groundwork in that for this world. But what's interesting about it is, like, if you read it, you read a lot of 1986 politics that are happening mm. at the same time. And the other one took place in the early 2000s. You see the same thing in this one itself. Um, sprinkle through it, you'll see little bits of what's happening today's age yeah. in it. Like, it'll, it'll deal with, like, you know, the riots or police shootings and stuff like that. That's kind of cool. I like it when they pull stuff that's going on, even though to an extent it kind of dates it. Because, mm-hmm. like, the, the politics and the things that were happening in 86 are not happening now. Mm-hmm. But it it kind of gives it a realness mm-hmm. to it. Because some of the stuff in the comics, like, Theramaskia is completely mm-hmm. unreal to me. Yeah. Like, how do they get stay on that island and not sunburn? <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> how does this happen? Mm-hmm. So, and again, keep in mind, people, I am very, very pasty. Yes, you are. Like, That's okay. We still love you. The sun glances at me, and I go, ah, because I burn. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I was not blessed with the tan. <laughs> True story. So, but at the same time, like we were talking about the whole dating thing, um, it it kind of plays into um, giving you a feel of what what's happening or what the show's about or what's happening in the book. Uh, for example, the the living end at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we actually had somebody comment on our Facebook post about well, the podcast. Yeah. If you, if you don't know, it's your first time. Last week on our podcast, episode six, we had um, Mitch at the very end of Batman from 1966. It said the end, and then also said the living end. And some, and we asked, "Hey, what are we talking about? What does that mean? Does anybody know what that means?" And somebody commented on our Facebook page, "Geek Devotions." By the way, you should check it out. And they said the living end was just a popular expression with kids at the time, meaning it's the craziest thing we've ever seen. Uh, that was posted by a guy named David Ghostly Willis, which we really appreciate, David. Um, I like your header, David, because. Um, Batman's like stinking everywhere, and so yeah. that's pretty cool, man. We appreciate it. Are, are, is Ghosty your middle because you're so pale, like me? <laughs> I don't know. Is, is that a thing? So, but again, that gives you kind of a sense of it helps you if you understand what's happening in that time frame. Yeah, it makes things more dynamic. Yeah, and so again, you can go back and read Dark Knight, and it'll be great. You you will enjoy it, but if you don't understand some of the nuances of the um, the time period, you'll miss some things. Mm-hmm. But it's written in a way where you can follow along. And same thing with this. Um, again, to answer your original questions, you could read it and you'll be fine. But there's some nuances that you'll miss. Okay. Well, and you know me. I, I enjoy catching the nuances. Mm-hmm. So for those of you out there who don't know this about me, mm-hmm. I am an extreme completionist. Mm-hmm. And not just a completionist. I won't start anything in the middle. Right. Now, what you can do is watch the... The movies that we have of The Dark Knight Returns. But I watched some of those. Yes. But you watched both those movies because they're pretty accurate adaptation of the book. Okay. 
And then you can read the second one if you want to, and then read this. Okay. And then in November of 25th, we can ask our friends at Scopper Comics to put on hold the books that are coming out for the fourth series, which will probably take two years to come in because that's how long it took. Because <laughs> this took basically two years for it to, to finish coming out. Nine issues, about a year and a half, two years. I'm, I'm not sure that I'm completely okay with this. Like, the like first I, issue came out I feel like b- before to, we got married. I feel like they're trying to pull a Sherlock. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, three episodes every two years. Right. So it was crazy. For some reason, people keep coming back. Because it was good. Because it was good. Yeah, so... Yeah, so that was that. Any other good questions for about this? Um, I don't know. You don't know? Probably not. Right. Now, I'll tell you an interesting dynamic about it that really stuck out to me about it. Yeah. Was um, the dynamic of, of Bruce and Carrie, uh, which we've seen from the beginning, um, for the first one, this interesting dynamic of that whole thing, all the way up to, but even with Bruce and Laura. Uh, his daughter, and that is the Wait, whole... Bruce is... Not Bruce, I'm sorry. Uh, Clark, Superman, and Laura. Okay. Um, so Superman and Laura, Bruce and Carrie, or yes, Superman yes, and yes. Carrie? No, no, Bruce and Carrie, and Superman and Laura. Okay. So, but um, the dynamic of that, where, you know, you had this fathering thing, mm-hmm. uh, the beginning of the, of the series, Carrie is wearing the Batman outfit, and she's telling everybody that Bruce is dead. And... He's not. He's not dead. And I'm not really sure not why. Not dead yet? Yeah, pretty much. But I'm not really sure why he did that. She did that clearly. But it was kind of, was kind of a, to let the world know, you know, or it was almost like a way of trying to tell the world, you know, Batman may or may not be dead. You know, it's to keep the legend alive. And there's this dialogue on the front end where Bruce is, like, saying that, you know, he was really beginning to lose steam. Hmm. And he was really starting to, like, not function very well. And, um, but Carrie was like, no, like she refused to believe it. And she was continuing to fight harder and harder as now Batgirl. And um, her Batgirl costume is kind of intense. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And actually it changes at the end of the series too. Really? You got to see it. But, um, you had this whole thing going on and he says that as they're going, he found himself caring more about her than the mission. Hmm. And it wasn't right for her because she would be so passionate about the mission. She would be that, you know, she would become reckless. And for him to care more about her than the mission, which is a complete switch up for who for who Bruce is. Yeah. He's normally the I'm all about the mission, at least in this world. It was it was a very different dynamic. Well, and so he had to. So that's the reason why he was like, I have to kind of put this down. And so he does. And but when this whole thing with Candor comes up and they're, you know, make his ultimatum across the world, then he's like, I have to come back again. And this is three this takes place three years after the second book, which the second book everything just goes to down the toilet. Well, I think it's interesting though, and it kinda like that would be would be an interesting dynamic because mm-hmm. if you have someone who is so focused on one thing that they're almost reckless, having someone to go, hey, that's not a great idea is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's just a good idea in general, having someone to kind of balance you out, mm-hmm. to double check you of, hey, are, are you good with that? Are you praying yeah. about that? Like, sure. 
having that in your life. Mm -hmm. So accountability Mm -hmm. and mentorship is a good thing. Absolutely. Well, then on the flip side, you have Laura and Clark. And it's one of those things where she has... Like she's getting to the age of like rebellious stage of things, oh, and yeah. so she's like she doesn't listen to her mom, she doesn't listen to Clark, but she's trying to grasp hold of something, and so then all of a sudden here's these people from Candor, who are like we're your people, you belong to us, we understand you truly because you know you've been lost in this world where you know of all these humans, but you are truly Kryptonian, and we're the only ones who really understand you, even, and so she even falls though for that. she's half Amazonian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she falls for that. Well, because she, she feels like an outcast to the other Amazonians. Oh, yeah. So she falls into this trap of being like, who am I really? And then and these people are giving her an identity. They're like, you are one of us. And these, of course, are the, the wrong people. One They're not us. really the true Kryptonians that Clark really remembers and believes in. Yeah. And so um, she goes with them. She joins this cult, oh, basically. Gosh. And there's this dynamic where Wonder Woman and Superman are they're trying to rescue their daughter and try to help her understand that there's more to this than what she sees. Yes, you're all powerful. Yes, you have these abilities. But you need to not look down on these people. You have these gifts for a reason. Yeah. And it's not just for yourself. Like what the, the cult was saying was the purpose of their, of their gifts, which was just to, for themselves, to rule people. And so because of all that, you know, things get really crazy and real dicey. I'm trying not to get too much detail. But with the very blog that takes place, and he's talking with Laura, and um, she still doesn't understand, but she's willing to learn. And so at the end, like, he's talking, he's explaining to her, like, you know, about, you know, he wish he could say that, you know, he was wrong. It was just, you know, him being human, but he's not human. And so, but he, but growing up on Earth, he's learned to appreciate some things and that, we need to understand what it means to be human, truly. And Laura is kind of like, she's kind of in the background, they're talking, and she's wearing her, her she has this, like this blue outfit with red stockings and like the Superman S on her chest at all times, and her hair's kind of pulled back in a ponytail. Okay. And he's kind of getting dressed as Clark Kent. And the last panel, she's dressed like a normal human being, and he's walking out as Clark Kent, and she's like, well, just you know, teach me. And so you have this great moment of like, you know, she realizes what was wrong with yeah. the situation, but she's willing to learn to understand her father better. And so I really appreciate that. Uh, and it's kind of cool that we're talking about this today because uh, this is coming out tomorrow, which would be Father's Day. And that is the whole aspect of fathers where, yeah. you know, we we are so, fathers are so intent on, A, just, you know, they're always got this, this, this vibe. They have to be strong. They have to be powerful. For their kids, they have to be on point for the kids because they, they need to be that rock for them. Yeah. But, um, you know, for Bruce, for his failing, he was like, he was, he was failing at it. He didn't know how to protect his daughter. Hmm. Carrie wasn't his daughter, but he was trying to protect her like she was still a kid. And what's cool is at the end of the book, there's this revelation. She, she's changing her costume. She's like, hey, let's try this Batgirl stuff. I'm Batwoman. And he's having this thing that goes, I'm actually learning from her now. She's not just a child. Yeah. She's my equal. She's not just a sidekick. She's a, she's someone that I should respect. And so there's that cool aspect of let your child growing up and learn, being an individual and how we should be supportive of that and be willing to learn from them even. And at the same time, continue to teach them the things that they don't know just yet. Yeah. And so I thought it was a really cool dichotomy there between the two. 
That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's that's pretty much off. Pretty much all I got to say about it. I uh, encourage people to check it out. Um, again, it's it is a it's not for kids. There's some language in there, um, and so you need to be aware of that. But it really is a very interesting, intriguing story, and I'm very curious to what Frank Miller is going to do with part four. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's that's what I have to say. So. Before we close this, first off, we'd like to congratulate our devoted Geek of the Week, Dale White. If you haven't yet, you should be getting a message in your Facebook or email box soon. Hopefully. You should contact us so we can send it to you. We contacted you. You have not contacted us back yet, but we're going to get it to you one way or the other. (laughs) If you would like to be the devoted Geek of the Week... All you have to do to qualify is interact with us, and Dallas and I may choose you. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to Com Talk today. If you love this episode, head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Uh, it's very much appreciated. So, yeah, until next Sunday. Stay devoted. Peace and love. Bye.